think nature wines are really playful. The, the, the rules of, of making a wine in the natural way or bio wines are so that it's harder for the winemaker than it has to be. And this is a characteristic of play, right? We set yeah. up rules that we wouldn't set up anywhere else and they limit us and they force us to think differently and work differently. And it makes it fun, right? Can your love for wine land a gig at your favorite company? Meet Per from Copenhagen. He's facilitator, master trainer, and co-author of the infamous book, Building a Better Business with the Lego Series Play Method. He shares how human behaviors have evolved in the past 18 years and how play can help us deal with growing uncertainty in the most fun and rewarding way. Listen to his surreal journey on how playing with wine landed him a gig with Lego, his burst of insights from uphill biking and more. Please welcome Per. Yeah, how is it going for you? That's a big question you're asking. It'll be brutal if I don't. How are you dealing, you know, with uncertainty right now, right? And uh, I mean, everyone has their own ways, right? In terms yeah. of how they are dealing with stuff, and and I guess in some ways we we get inspiration or we we try and look for inspiration from stuff which could go as behind as our childhood. It could be that, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or it could be specific, say, um, experiences which really helped us evolve, yeah. right? Yeah. As as humans. So I thought I'll just open it up and just ask you a little bit about how you feel uh, right now in terms of how you are dealing, um, and and really the inspiration, right? How are you able to derive inspiration during these? Um, this, this is the kind of thing that we would normally build in Lego bricks, right? Because this yeah. is a very <laughs> difficult question. I think that, I mean, okay, let's take a step back. Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. Um, no, please, but, uh, please uh, ramble. One, 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 one idea of, exactly. <laughs> one, of my, um, one of my favorite novels, and I think it's probably time for me to read it, is mm-hmm. called the, um, I actually don't know, it's called Il Gatto Parto mm-hmm. in Italian. Uh, it's written by Lampedusa. It's probably something like the leopard, uh, you know, the, the big cat in, in mm-hmm. English. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a, an iconic uh, phrase from that uh, book, which is, everything must change to remain the same. Mm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And, and there's a, I, I think that people can put so many different layers into that phrase. But one mm-hmm. of the things that I think is there is that we think we see change and we think we live in a dynamic world. We think it's never been more predictable than it is now. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I think it's always been this unpredictable. It, it, we mm-hmm. have, everybody says we live in the most dynamic, unpredictable time ever, right? Yeah. But I think human beings and the people say change has never been faster than it is now, right? But the thing is, I think everybody has always lived in that moment where things had never happened even faster. If you go Mm -hmm. back, now I live in Europe and and I live in a Protestant country, at least uh, Mm -hmm. um, sort of theoretically Protestant. If you go back to when Luther uh, wrote his thesis, and this was the the only reason why that had any impact at all, 
all was because at the same time, there was a guy called Gutenberg who invented printing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think printing, and, and at that time, if you go back to how people talked about this, people say that we never lived in a more dynamic time than the 1530s, right? Or 20s. Mm-hmm. So, so at any point, at, at any moment in time, things had never changed faster in that moment. So, so my point, I think the point that I'm getting to is, I totally get it that mm-hmm. this pandemic is a new pandemic for us in many ways. And, mm-hmm. and then the lockdowns are, we've never seen this before and so forth and so on. But so was the Black Death and so was the 19, the Spanish yeah. influenza. So I think, mm-hmm. all right, so that's my point um, to a degree. So, yeah. So no, that, but I, I get that. I, I get that. No, obviously, and I think this uh, is what comes. This is sorry, one sec. But but this is, I think, what calms me down a little bit, is to say that this has always been. It will always be. So I I I strive towards worrying and focusing on the things that I can do something about. Yeah. Um. And and right now that means that my focus is probably, in some ways. A, a closer to home and mm-hmm. and and weirdly sort of some of it is really short-term focused in terms of what mm-hmm. can I develop by Thursday yeah. and and then I have found a lot of energy in saying to myself that I only want to do things today mm-hmm. which is relevant which would mm-hmm. always be no rephrase that's right which would also that's what I meant to say which would also be relevant if the corona had not been here mm. so i'm i'm not going to offer services no i'm mm. not going to charge for services yeah. that i wouldn't charge for that i wouldn't charge for if the corona or the covid so if i'm when i'm offering support to people mm. where this support only has a value because they're in a lockdown then i don't charge for it Right. When I offer a service that I would have charged for, even if there wasn't the lockdown, then I'm going to charge for it. And it, mm-hmm. it, this has kind of provided me with a sense of normality and a sense of growth in my own life and business. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you before. No, 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 absolutely. I mean, I'm glad you were able to, uh, uh, you know, review your entire thought because, um, you know, a week back, I had attended that webinar you had yes. hosted. Yep, yep. And... Uh, you know, a number of, uh, obviously you had invited a number of attendees there and, uh, you know, as you were going through, and I, and I thought I'll be very honest with you, as, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you were going through the entire presentation, mm-hmm. um, I could literally see a glow behind your head, if I could be honest. I, I mean, <laughs> as if, no, yeah, I mean, I mean, I could see an honest, um, a humble guy who is attempting to really uh, showcase yes his offering and the reason why we should play and it's mm-hmm. the right um, you know un- uh, you know uncertainty and ambiguity you know is it the ground of playing I believe right is it is there, exactly right it is the ground of really uh, going back and untapping your inner child asking those disruptive yeah. questions and a lot of that and is what I thought that'll be interesting to have a discussion with you really and very openly wholeheartedly to really understand from where this inspiration of doing play, uh, you know, arrives from. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, obviously I have experienced it, you know, uh, with my kid and also I also use the Lego series play kit mm-hmm. in my, in my mm-hmm. workshops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and i find a lot of you know in some ways if i could articulate it as infinite uh, inspiration mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, in yourself you know is what i start understanding this as yeah. and it's yeah. quite amazing and i thought i'll ask you about this how did you you know gain this inspiration of play now i know that you did this like almost a decade ago mm. um, uh, at least the tip of the iceberg if you can give me a little bit deep inside your heart you know is where uh, this started and is what i think keeps you going right in terms of absolutely yeah, yeah. That but so, okay okay let's see it's a good yeah. oh it's a tricky question again and and mm-hmm. i love, I, I, I mean this, this idea of of doing something now that inspires me but which also doesn't close doors has always driven me okay mm-hmm. so if if and if i sort of this is going to be a little bit a long winded story but if i go back to when i chose high school when i chose my my direction in high school for example mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i chose uh, it was a slightly different than in denmark than it is today but you could either go the math route or the mm-hmm. language route so i chose math right mm-hmm. but i chose a back then unique combination of math and sport sports science more than sport right mm-hmm. because i was in this sort of biology in physiology this sort of how does the body work in really had my you know i i just i was curious right mm. so i did that and then after high school i or during high school i fell totally in love with wine Mm. with wine right so i got nice grades in high school so i said instead of going directly to university i can do that later based on these grades um then i actually took 3 years of working in wine so i got trained as a wine merchant i took a year working for wine producers doing really manual work right mm-hmm. because it was fun and and when i look at it in my through my current glasses it would be like i was playing with wine at that time and I never thought I was going to have a career in wine but it wasn't closing any doors because I could always with with the then regula- regulations in Denmark I could always return to university right so so I played with my wine mm-hmm. then I went back to university and I or business school and, and took my degree and and I got more and more interested in sort of complex adaptive systems and social constructionism and leadership was a construct and blah 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 these kind of things which took me into a little bit of consulting which which is standard management consulting yeah. and but, and that but that coincidentally then really fast pulled me into Lego the company how was right? that because i mean i was i was working in in, in this consultancy and I, maybe i wasn't actually entirely happy with it to be honest because mm-hmm. it was a little bit disconnected from from real change which was i was curious about change right yeah. how how do we create change mm-hmm. and and one of my old uh, friends from 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 the business school she um she lived in milan at that time and worked for lego and they were opening up a position that she said this looks like it's you know made for pair So Sina is her name. She called me and said, "Pierre, do you want to come for an interview for this job? Then I'm going to put you forward." And I was like, mm. "Sure, why not? You know, mm. why not? Lego. I mean, sure, let's try this." <laughs> uh, so I did, and and one thing led to another, and then I got hired, and 
I worked out of an office in London. So I got into the Lego company. And mm-hmm. at this point, I actually didn't have any sort of, I mean, I like to play like anyone, and, and mm-hmm. but I didn't actually have a sort of, let's call it formal interest in play, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it didn't sort of, I mean, I like social constructionism. I like those kind of approaches to the world, but I didn't actually know anything about learning and development as such. But I think if you, in, if, if you have, if you just, you're, if you're just a little bit curious by nature, mm-hmm. entering into the Lego company makes you want to understand stuff like play and the brain and learning and development more mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and all of this started to come together in my brain and and i really started to be curious about this thing called play right That's and, and and then yeah and then anyway you know serious play came up on the um actually randomly what happened was that my i had an amazing boss inside lego Okay. Uh, and when she told me that she was, uh, and this was very confidential at the time when she told me sure. this, that she was leaving the Lego company, mm-hmm. that opened my eyes a little bit in terms of, wow, what do I now do, right? Because mm-hmm. she gave me some really amazing tasks that, that mm-hmm. developed me a lot as a person. Without her, I would never have been given these tasks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with that mindset, I actually noticed a tiny, tiny, tiny post on the Lego intranet. About okay. Lego series, about Lego series play. Nice. And 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 funnily enough, this was happened on a Monday. I actually had my first conversation ever scheduled with Robert Rasmussen, right? Mm. Who was who who was you know part partly leading the series play project and partly in another position inside Lego. We'd never spoken before, but coincidentally, this was two thousand two thousand and one. Wow, that's like and 19 co- years back. Yeah, and coincidentally, I mean, it was pure coincidence. We had a call on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And this was Monday. And, 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 and we spoke about the thing we were supposed to speak about, Robert and I, he was giving me input on something I was developing in my, in my full-time job. And at the end of that call, I said, Robert, I've seen this thing you're doing. My boss, Pam, is leaving. This is confidential. Pam had told me that I was allowed to share this, right? And Robert, so I said, Robert, this is happening. I want to hear about what you're doing. And Robert was like, well, we don't really have any jobs or anything, but sure, I can meet with you. And Robert mm-hmm. was in the US and mm-hmm. I was in London, but we were both going to be in Denmark during that same period. And so we met. And, and the funny little thing here is that Robert in the early days always joked with that the only reason that they took me on was because I knew about wine. This <laughs> takes us right back to me deciding to go play with wine for two years. This is why I'm playing with Serious Play today. Wow. So it's like, yeah, we, we needed someone who knew about wine. Uh, yeah, that, that's so interesting. And I guess the rest is history, right? In terms of how all this yeah. became Lego Serious Play. And I, I think believe, it is. Uh, you also uh, co-authored with him on the book. Yeah, yeah. So, so first we developed the training program together and eventually we, many, many, many years later, we did the book. But I think what dro- always drove us in, in this thing that is also driving me now is that we always try to make decisions today, which would be right far out into the future. Yeah. yeah. And so we took some painful choices, um, not painful choices, some, some, some choices that were 
hard, mm-hmm. but we believe that we could you know, make it dif- that we would make a difference in the long term. Um, mm. We had the luxury also to do some of it because we had uh, the owner of Kel- uh, owner of Lego Kilt supporting us in in these decisions. But yeah, so so we made some I think tough choices back then that we kept making them. And I have to say, man, I mean, Robert told me a lot about these things as well. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, with all that experience you have, I would say at least say sixteen years minimum in uh, yeah. sixteen to eighteen years doing this. Uh, you know, playing with Lego serious play and really impacting organizations and individuals, right? In terms of how mm. they can use play to transform themselves or even, yes. you know, co-create with each other. So yeah. I wanted to understand, you know, 16, 18 years is a long period of time. And I'm sure, yeah. even, you know, humanity has also evolved in the last two decades, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was very curious I mean, to understand. Yeah, your view on how human behaviors have evolved in the past 15, 16 years, since you worked with, I'm pretty sure, hundreds of humans, right? Across age groups Mm -hmm. and levels. So in your view, I mean, if you had to just openly speak about how, how humans or say, you know, in individuals, it could be on the corporate side or whichever aspect you want to choose. How has that evolved in the last 15 years? Um, with with relation to how individual uh, you know individuals are playing now right in terms mm. of it could be their own uh, lives at home or it could be even at the workplace right it's not as much people it's more about attitudes values beliefs right um, so i'm really interested to understand your view and i'm sure you've done a lot of global work around right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely the only word, there's a word that keeps coming into my head right now, which is paradoxical. Mm. It's it's really paradoxical because if I think back to some of my early sessions, both when with clients uh, and with when I was training facilitators, and it wasn't it was never hard to tell them to turn off their mobile phones because mm. either they didn't have one mm-hmm. or they didn't need one, and there certainly wasn't any social media they need to keep t- checking up on, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, and the paradox here is, is that on the one side, hmm. I think the acceptance of play hmm. and ambiguity, hmm. complexity, and all of these things, in some ways, it's never been higher. Got it. The understanding of play, something not distinct from work, but a natural part of what we can call the knowledge worker's life. I don't mm. think it's ever been higher. That's really the positive mm. side. I agree. I, mm. I, the, the, the flip side to the coin, if that's the word here, or, or what makes the development a paradox is that the required time and attention is harder to carve out. So on the one mm. side, people get that they need it. On the other side, the constant interruptions in fight for our attention Mm. is crazy, right? I mean, people think that they they, they can't be offline for the briefest moment, right? Mm. Uh, And and you can't immerse yourself into play. You can't rewire your thinking if you're constantly interrupted by beeps from your mobile phone. It, 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 
and so I, I see this pull, you know, going on. Um, and, and we, this desire to think differently whilst ruining your capacity to think differently. Mm. Interesting. Um, I, th I think that's a, that's a new struggle. Okay. No, I can, I can absolutely empathize with that because uh, especially with the millennials, right? Um, there is definitely an element there of, um, I, I hate to put people into boxes, but um, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, um, th but there is something about age groups, but yeah, because you 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 grew up with a certain mentality or a certain yeah. a certain expect you, you grow up with a certain expectation, of course, and and we tend to sometimes confirm these and recreate our own stereotypes and recreate our own expectations. So so yes, there is an element of that. Really? Have you ever seen any resistance while in a workshop where leaders or senior management have opposed or been a little, you know, hesitant uh, to play really? No, absolutely. I, I think I, I, I see that almost every single time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes I worry more when I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, why is that? Yeah. Because... I think, I mean, despite what I said before, I, 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 in terms of the paradox and there's more acceptance of play, it, it, it's still, it, it's still a difficult thing for most people. Many people are, are still brought up in a, well, let's call it a language system, but still, let's still brought up with this thing about that play is frivolous. Mm -hmm. Uh, that Lego breaks our toys in, in, in these things, right? Um, and and maybe they also live or are brought up in a world where you win or lose, right? Mm, yeah. And that's a and that's a finite game. It's a zero sum. Either you lose or you win. You can't both win, right? Yeah. So when 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 if if you have parts of this, yeah, with you, right? Then entering into a, a, a workshop or we just call it a meeting where you're going to be thinking differently, right? Yeah. Then seeing the Lego break may make you fear yeah. to fail, right? How, yeah. What if I can't build? Yes, they, right. Because mm -hmm. thing, they might confuse uh, you know, building with Lego bricks with mm -hmm. making beautiful models that yeah. look like something, right? Yeah. And they might just go like, oh, so that, that makes them fear failing. What if I fail at this? Yeah. If you're brought up thinking that play is, is frivolous, it, it yeah. should be contained, mm -hmm. should be done once you're done working to take a break. Well, then you think that playing is, is a waste of time because you have this important issue to solve. You need mm -hmm. to transform something. Right. So they don't see the connection between them. Right. So I think I think these are really, really valid um, or understandable, at least worries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I actually—that's what I was saying. That's so why I actually appreciate when people are worried because it shows that they take the meeting seriously. Mm. I think the problem sometimes is if they're not resisting. 
because then they think they're just going to have a break away from work and then they're frivolous. Right. So sometimes I really go like, ah, I'm almost happy to see the resistance if I may say so. Right. Because right. it shows that it shows that they take this topic seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No. So a lot of the workshops that we do also lead to, you know, in some ways, handholding and consulting work because mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. walk out of there just with, you know, a one-off kind of workshop. And it's where I, I, I think the transformation really begins, right. In terms of applying the things we learned in the workshop or applied Mm-hmm. our own context really mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, how I mean how are you in, uh, integrating play into your own life you know as soon as you believe you know plays in your DNA it just happens everything mm-hmm. around you starts uh, you know in some ways you start questioning everything and you start disrupting things with that whole play state right which you have mm-hmm. in your mind. Uh, mm-hmm. of course as an adult you have to be a little more uh, uh, you know, you can't go out there and, you know, act like a child and play all the time. You, you should know how to switch on and off the playing states. But then, uh, you know, is what I wanted to ask you, you know, long story short, like, how are you, like, how is this whole, um, you know, thing you're doing around play really impacted your life or how, or how, how is it integrated into your life in some way? And, you know, if you can give some examples, uh, really. I mean, any aspects of play you're using in your uh, day-to-day life? It could be at home. But, but here, play is, this is where play becomes a weird concept as well in some ways, because play is, play is so many different things for yes, different yes. people. And, and yes. some people have come, you know, they've compared play with consciousness, this notion of mm-hmm. that it's really, really hard to define it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know what it is, but you know, when you don't have it. Of course. Um, so, 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 uh, so um, I'll give you I'll give you another example. I mean, I have, yeah. uh, you know, I know a chef who cooks really well, mm-hmm. uh, right? In terms of cooking. So, I mean, as you said, right? It could be applied to any. Yeah, exactly. Anything, right. Yeah. It can be in cooking. It it can be playing. Uh, you know, anything. Right. At the yeah. end, it yeah. can be music. Yeah. It yeah. can be drama. Yeah. It yeah. can be even in a team meeting. Right. How yeah. you run yeah. the meeting, it can be done with yep. with an aspect of play. Right. And yeah. and the yeah. reason I say play is really to. Uh, you know, if you know, if the output of play is very unbiased and safe, creative, and the environment becomes very, you know, co-creative, is what I then say. You have used mm. play, right? You you have used play to do it. It's it's just it's yeah, my exactly. way of saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, I mean, the other way I guess to ask you that question is, you know, for about your hobbies or anything you like to do. Yeah. No, but I think this is where you were getting closer there also with, so I think there is a, a question of um, when you experience play or which elements of play kind of you, you bring mm-hmm. out in many cases, because mm. I think because uh, part of play is this notion of creating safe spaces or and accepting and using exploration and experimentations and this is where I think we can use play almost always mm. because an, a playful approach to most things means you can actually do most things, but you do them within the boundary where you make certain that they can never break you. Mm. And this is where I kind of hope that I, I, I bring play into almost every single aspect of what I do. Mm-hmm. Whether it was 
when we wrote the book or I mentioned the challenges we have with my significant others uh, company uh, mm. and bringing play into these spaces meaning that you you play with it you explore and you experiment but you never or you at least try not to put yourself in a position where it can totally break you so because then you're mm. no longer exploring and experimenting and you're no longer mm. in a safe space right, right I right. think a places where you can say I, I derive energy from experimenting playfulness is I mean you mentioned yourself chef I, I mean, for example when I'm traveling and when I'm working hard mm-hmm. I, I really take pleasure in food okay. um, where I think there's a lot of play happening when you and I actually really, really, this may sound weird, but I really, really like to eat alone. Um, mm. When I, I like social, right? But, but, but when, I, when I have a social moment, mm. I actually feel there's less time to experience the food. And, and so I really love to go to special restaurants when I'm alone. And it just that enjoy play, the enjoy the food, but what it looks like, what it tastes like, what it smells like, the colors mm. and... I really like that. And I have the same with wine. I'm, I'm a big fan of mm. non-conventional wines. I love what's called nature wines or bio wines sure. because they, they have such a weird um, uh, taste uh, variety, if I may say that. Yeah. And, and, and I think nature wines are really playful because the maker of nature wines actually the, the, the rules of, 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 of making a wine in the natural way or bio wines is are so that it's harder for the winemaker than it has to be. And this is a characteristic of play, right? We set yeah. up rules that we wouldn't set up anywhere else and they limit us and they force us to think differently and work differently. And it makes it fun, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. I can almost imagine you making wine. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could. I mean, but I definitely can drink it. And I love that experience. I, I yeah. used to play a little bit also. I, I run a little bit actually myself. And I, I love the running part. I'm a city boy. I, w- I probably couldn't live in the country, but I love running in the countryside and mm. playing with, 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 the, you know, with, 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 with the track and the trail and making it. I like to run where it's difficult to run, right? I don't like mm. to run. I would never run on what are they called treadmills, and I hate to run in the street. I love mm-hmm. to run where it's difficult, where I'm out of balance, where I can't run fast. And this is also what I get from mountain biking. I, mm-hmm. When I mountain bike, I hate, I don't, I'm not a downhill mountain bike. I, I love to, I love the trail mountain biking. I love to, I love to bicycle up the hill because it's harder and it's more playful in my mind. Every time I'm thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking about my last experience when I played Lego right? Mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of playing with the bricks, especially alone. I do that a lot of the time and it gives me a lot of peace in some way, right? Like mm-hmm. you just switch off the whole world right around you and it's just you and the bricks. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Um, you're immersed. Yeah. Right. You're absolutely immersed and you know that, uh, you don't have anyone around you to judge you uh, to your creation and uh, you're just you know in some ways you become one with the creation right yep and, totally absolutely right and is what i think you're trying to also say with the wine and the food right because yeah but also the running when you you yeah. enter into a zone where you're you're one with what you're doing and the funny thing is 
when you're building with the Lego blocks, of course, you get this burst of insights. But sometimes if you're immersing yourself in a run or a mountain bike where your brain isn't actually meant to be working on anything, mm. but if you're not disturbing it with a podcast or music, mm. boom, you, you get these bursts of insights because your brain all of a sudden, you know, makes a connection that, that whoa, where did this come from? And you go like, that's what we need to do. I mean, I have literally out running in nature, sometimes I had to stop, take out my phone and record an insight uh, on the phone, put it back into its cover <laughs> and continue running because you get these, all of these sudden you see something and, and, and I think that's, there's an element of play in that. So that was Per Christensen. I really hope you enjoyed our free flowing conversation and took away something from it. This is Abhi, your host signing off. Do watch out for our next episode by following your other side on all major podcast platforms. Until then, keep exploring your other side.